It is so cold where I am right now. I am in the basement where I usually do my recording, but uh, for a while there I was doing it in that back house, and right now my fingers are like freezing. They're not are like freezing. They No, well, they're not freezing. <laughs> Metaphorically, they're freezing. Not literally, which people use too often. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I am in the basement recording this after a little while. I was thinking about the last two episodes, and something you need to know about them, first and foremost, is that they are misnumbered. So all those of you who are archivists or uh, sticklers for picklers, it was not, <laughs> this is going to be hard for me, it was not episode, this is episode 57. So I was wrong on the last two. Forgive me. I will do it again, I'm sure. But uh, this is episode 57 of Psychotherapy with Jet Dunlap. In this episode, I'm not recording an intro, so I don't know what I'm going to say. So I'll just jabber jaw a little bit here, and then uh, you'll have to figure it out for yourself. Let me think of what I will say, because remember, this all comes to me in real time. So I have to kind of just sit here, and what am I? I'm looking around the room, and I see a tennis racket and some pieces of wood. This episode will not be about tennis rackets and pieces of wood. So <laughs> at least we know that's the case. What if it was? Man, that'd be really confusing. I think it's going to be about, oof. Yeah, okay, getting caught up in the future. Worrying about what's going to go on tomorrow. And I got a little insight on that, so uh, that'll start pretty soon. I'm going to go ahead and say let's start that right now. I'm Jet Dunlap for Psychotherapy, and that episode is, I already said starts right now, so stop bugging me. Here comes some music. Enjoy. Okay, we are back. <laughs> I didn't actually leave. <laughs> I'm recording on something else, and I'm not allowed to talk about audio, but uh, I'm recording in a new system because my other audio is having issues. Oh my god, I know. Well, it just gets this buzzing noise. I have electrical interference. If you talk to Gina, she'll explain it to you. Sometimes things don't start, sometimes things go wrong. It's just something I have. Call me like Magneto, but without purpose, and uh, only to my detriment. Does that sound crazy? If so, press one. Can, did you press one? That'd be funny. Anyway, so this episode uh, thematically has to do with what's going on in my life right now. Okay, big change there. It is that I find myself concerned about the future constantly. Thinking about, okay, you know, the fears that you have all the time. Today I was watering the lawn, and uh, I know you're excited about last episode where I talked about outdoor space. And we did this cement outdoor space. <laughs> and being that I am Jet Dunlap, I did that with Gina. And then I said, well, what if it was bigger? And I expanded it a little bit, went out, got more concrete, expanded a little bit. And then I said, well, when she was working one day, I go, what if it was even a little bigger? Any opportunity for me to lug bags of concrete and dig holes, I will do it. Like the noble beaver, except the noble beaver doesn't use concrete. But I just watched a documentary on a beaver called Leave It to Beaver on PBS. It wasn't on PBS. PBS? It wasn't on PCP either. But it was about beavers and the nobleness of themselves on PBS. So if you want to watch that documentary, it's on Netflix or 
I don't know, that other one, Amazon. Anyway, that's about beavers. And I am much like a beaver because I like to build and build and build even when I don't need to. Anyway, was that the point of this episode? Was this episode about the parallels between me and beavers? No. So I was there and I was working. I think I was watering the grass. Is that important? It isn't, but you get it anyway. And uh, I was thinking, so you're writing this script, you're doing all this stuff. Are you wasting your time? (laughs) Should you be doing something else? Should you just get a job? Anyone who doesn't have a job, even if I'm sure you're successful, and I've known people like this who are making it extremely well, uh, even in their own version of what that is, and they still think, maybe I should just get a job. Because when you have too much idle time, you think, couldn't I be making more money? Especially a person who works so hard to know more. So in my case, I'm always learning new skills. You know, in the last four years, I've learned so much. It's just unbelievable. It's, it's so much more than I ever thought I could learn, but it's just, it's exceeding. I mean, I'm saying the same stuff, but obviously one of those things is not how to articulate vocabulary rapidly, although that was pretty elegant. So I did all these head weasels, talked about it before. Is that a rodent too? Am I talking about beavers and weasels? <laughs> oh my. But uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about the future and I'm obsessing. And my problem is too, I think about Gina's future because, and I've said this a lot, and I'm sure others can relate to this, but I don't need to say those stupid prefaces or prefaces. I see her as this incredible thing that has abilities far beyond mine and, uh, and she's gorgeous, all that stuff. And when I don't see her executing at the level that I believe she is capable of, and the level that she also, in her secret heart, believes she's capable of. It bothers me. So then I'm, you know, worrying about two futures. And that's not going to get me anywhere good. So I had this idea when I was reading the other day. And uh, it's kind of, well, why don't I just get to it? I was thinking everything you can consider about your future in the negative is based on the past. So every prediction that you have that's fear-based is based on your knowledge of what has happened to others, what has happened to you, what has happened in your imagination, what you've seen on TV, heard on radio, whatever, whatever you read. So your fears are based on something that's happened in the past. So when you think of the future, you're not actually able to do that as a human because we can't see the future. So we're thinking about the past projected into a perceived future. And that's actually worth repeating. So what I'm saying is we take from the past our fears or our false intuitions, just again, you know, insecurities, and we project them into our perceived coming events. And then we dread something coming up that we made up that doesn't exist. And that affects our now. And that actually, when I first thought of it, had kind of a twinge of, oh, okay, you're onto something here. And then has grown over the last couple of days, which is that we can only hope for our better good. And that's the same as praying. It's the same as good intention. It's the same as meditation, which is that you can funnel your energy into the present moment and put positive intention or, you know, act as if, or uh, tell your body that you have the things you already want in your mind. We had an episode about that and then manifest them. But you can't be super specific in the way it comes about. You can convince your body and mind that you have that opportunity. So for instance, let's go to the one that 99% of the world is focused on right now. You want the body of your dreams. (laughs) 
<laughs> not like a dead body that uh, come on jet no one thinks that anyway you want the body of your dreams i'm just my imagination man it's my greatest asset and one of my biggest you know whatever lack of an asset is what is that weaknesses okay sure so you have your dream body in mind okay and you start to act as if you have that body. You start to see that body when you look in the mirror. It's an amazing thing about the humans where we separate ourselves from the noble beaver and the weasel. But uh, we can look in the mirror and see a version of ourselves that is greater than ourselves. And we can keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that until it becomes a reality. We can do the opposite and see a version of ourselves that is worse off than ourselves at the moment and keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that until it becomes true. Because our imagination the chemicals that we stimulate when we feel something are the same as if they're actually being experienced. So that is the best way to manifest your own future. Fearing your future is not actually a future of any kind. Because remember, if we're fearing our future, we're grabbing the past and throwing it into a perceived event that will come later. I don't know that that's an entire episode, but uh, it's a pretty good nugget of gold and a golden nugget, if you will, because uh, it got me to really face the fact that all these fears or uh, it's even more than that. Just the terror I have about not being more than I am now is not only creating that, but it's ignoring what's happened that's good, which is obviously not going to be positive. And it's taking things you know what's funny is it's taking stuff that didn't even really occur in my past so <laughs> it's taking things that i feared would happen in my past that didn't happen and then putting them in the future do you see how all of that is a fantasy world set up to be negative and one of the things i used to have a big issue with as far as like the secret and other things like that was that it didn't really look into people who had clinical depression right so think positively you know be positive be you know all that stuff that's hard for a person who chemically has a tendency not to feel that way. And so I'd get mad and I'd rebel and I'd be like, I'll think, I'll think, I'll think positive. And I was very angry at the idea of feeling positive, which was probably not creating more of that. But, uh, you know, I don't need to go over the millions of tools I use to, um, to create that, one of them being exercise. But I will tell you that I talked to my, uh, I don't even know what she is. <laughs> I, I see her, she's at my psychiatry office. She's I think she's a nurse practitioner, but she could be a psychologist. Anyway, she sends my prescriptions to someone who sends my prescriptions. It's not usually a very lengthy conversation, but uh, the other day I talked to her about how when I lost the people I did this year, most of all my grandfather, I kind of compartmentalized that. As an adult, I know how to um, take feelings and put them in their place and, you know, just another way of saying compartmentalize. And I said, but recently during the holidays, it has come out in <laughs> weird times. I was at the gym the other day, and I have been hitting it hard at the gym. Oh, my God. And uh, and I was, like, doing these. It's really important you know what kind of workout I'm doing. So what was that? You want to you hear what kind of workout I was doing? Yeah. Yeah. So it was cable. That, someone's asked me. It was, ca it was cable exercise. No one's asking me. That was just me talking to myself and seeing. Um, but it was like these cable exercises and I was curling a ton and I just like was listening to this song that was sad and reminiscent of my grandfather. And then I'm like, I really hope I don't burst out crying as I'm lifting here because some poor kid's going to walk by and see this guy who has like veins popping out of everywhere and uh, looking very angry because that's my neutral expression. 
and he's going to see me like crying. He's going to think I'm going to try and eat his um, body, which I won't do. But uh, it would have been an awkward time for that to happen. But it is one of those things that rushes in when my defenses are down, like a force field in a sci-fi movie. Um, And I asked her about that, and nothing she said was incredible. Nothing she said was even insightful. And when she said something, I said something that was a superior analogy. And I almost told her I was a doctor again, which I'm profoundly not, you know, not literally, metaphorically, or ethereally. But... I did have a better kind of, she was more of a bouncing board, sounding board. Yeah. Not bouncing board, <laughs> bouncing board. It's like a trampoline, dum-dum. Uh, she was a sounding board for me to hear my own words like this show, but it did make me think that it's okay for me to feel my feelings. And uh, I i mean, I say that it's kind of cliche. I don't know what you do with them once you feel, them, you know, I used to have a psychiatrist who's like, you know, you should cry. And I was thinking, all right, great, thanks. Punch me. Even then I wouldn't cry. But uh, I don't, again, I struggle with the idea that that's cathartic. I don't really know that it is. But I found my systems. And uh, I don't know why I'm talking about that. But there it is for you to have. So not projecting, oh, here's what it is, is that because of the death that I've experienced in the last year, but really the anticipation of the passing of my grandfather, which was pretty obvious to me for the last 10 years, I've been death focused. And I'm not old, I'm very young. And my wife is even younger than that. I find myself kind of saying, Jet, you gotta snap out of this because uh, you're so young and you have so much life ahead of you. But because the most important people to me were aging and one of them just died, I guess as an empath, I just feel that sensation of dread and uh, finality. And so, I found myself even like retreating more from people and thinking, oh, well, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all going to be dead soon. Who cares? Uh, what is that called? Not fatalist. Yeah. And I don't want to be there. I want to be alive. I want to be able to enjoy myself. I don't, <laughs> it's hard for me to even say I want to participate with the humans, but uh, I do want to enjoy things in the moment and not think about the end. And uh, some of it has to do with the amount of time I have. Some of it is that I said it very briefly, but because I have such a abundant imagination, I can use that for good and for evil. And good is creating the show. Good is creating my scripts, talking to people, helping people over the phone, all that stuff. But also my fears have a texture and a reality to them that if thrown into a normal person's head would bring them to their knees in terror because it is so vivid. If I can come up with 198 pages for a story with four or five characters that is so detailed, because I they live in my head now, these characters. If I can do that, then I can also create a negative fantasy that has such texture to it that it feels real to my mind. And I can't do that because everything is good. And almost everything in my life is what I would have manifested years ago, you know? And what's interesting about that is that one of the things The Secret had right is that no matter what it is you're desiring, when you arrive and it's there, it may have been something that you're like, well, that wasn't what I really meant, but it is what whatever the hearer of that wish hears and then creates. Um, Like I've said many times, the God you're choosing, the universe, fate. It matters deeply to you, but for the purpose of this story, it doesn't. 
and I am getting these great things. I mean, on the surface, my life is incredible. And and the funny thing about that is is that it's because of my fantasy world and my imagination. <laughs> fantasy world sounds a little weird for a guy who's as young as I am. Not gonna t- not gonna tell you. Not gonna tell you. That is Dana Carvey doing Ross Perot. Is that current for you? That shows you how young I am. So I am living a life I wanted, but then I can reverse that. So let's look at it right now. This is this is kind of cool. Two versions of the same exact life. Okay. One, I am a guy my age who has never had a starring role in a movie, but has worked very hard. I've never done comedy where someone has paid to see me. I've never taken photos that have been in a magazine or in a gallery or anything like that. I am not in the best shape I could be in. I drive what I want, but is it ultimately what I want? I have a house that is nice, but it's small. I don't pay a mortgage, but I don't own a home. I did not graduate from the kind of college I would have liked to have. I just, just all these don't haves, right? I need to, I want to, I can be. Okay, so let's go back. That is the negative version. Oh, my house is like under 100 square feet, blah, 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 blah. Okay, bad. Same exact situation, same exact guy. I'm in the best shape of my life. That's true. I think about how I could be in better shape, but I'm in the best shape of my life. I just got blood tests back, and uh, that's a weird long story. (laughs) My in-laws bought me a blood test kit through that like website life extension to see how my blood was. They didn't even buy one for Gina. And I was really mad at that idea because I'm like, who buys you a blood test? And they kept bugging me to get my blood done. And I'm like, this is really weird. Anyway, I got it done. Best blood work I've ever had, ever. So I'm in better shape chemically, and I had eaten that day too as like a protest. I'm like, I'm not going to fast. I'm better than you. Anyway, so best shape of my life physically, aesthetically, and also the best shape of my life chemically and blood and all that biologically. I don't have a mortgage. Well, there's something good. I live exactly how I want to, where I want to, and I live outdoors. That's awesome. I just got the biggest residual check of my life for a show I did on uh, Lethal Weapon. So that's a big thing in my career. I just finished a full feature script and I'm almost done with the rewrite. I don't worry about money. I just got all the best camera gear I've ever had and I have been paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for professional photography. I have now, by the way, I told you I missed a number of my episodes. So now I have 57 episodes of a podcast. I think that's the right number. I have done stand-up comedy this year. Forget the fact that people aren't paying to see me. I Well, I guess they kind of did. I didn't get the money but I've done stand-up comedy. I have taken a very difficult year, completely sober, and not straight from that path. My wife is doing and is on her way to the things that she wants to do with her life. We've never gotten along better, and that's true. Every single day, we get along better than we did the day before. And because that's something that I'm so used to, I don't look at that as a huge benefit until I see other people. I have lots of friends. (laughs) I can compartmentalize them and take them in in the way I want to, but at least that's a luxury. I don't have a boss. I don't have to show up to things that I don't want to. I have all these amazing, incredible things going on in my life. Now I oscillate between those two worlds. And that's so brief, right? So when I'm feeling great, when I'm feeling good, that was a perfect Michael Buble impression, by the way. I know you thought it was Michael Buble. It wasn't. It was me. Jet on that. But when I'm feeling good, all that stuff is shiny 
and perfect and just looks like a Mac store with a, with a thick wax on it. And then uh, when I'm feeling bad, it looks like uh, hell and it's money and not waxy and not good. I am light on the analogies, so I will go into my analogy box later and grab some more analogies. That is where I can go. So I say all that to say that, you know, you to a lesser or higher degree have that same imagination and you can use it for good or evil. And during this period of uh, (laughs) the year, the holidays, um, it's really easy to go down either of those rabbit holes, especially if you're beaver sized because they'd fit down a rabbit hole easier than you. Although beavers in, uh, in this country can get up to 71 pounds. Can you believe that? The American beaver, the fighting beaver. Um, which is kind of cool. And they can live up to 30 years in captivity, usually in uh, the wild. They live up to about 10 years. Anyway, have I told you to see that show on PBS, uh, Leave It to Beavers? By the way, they also, the, the beaver people, they refer to it as beaver. I have 100 beaver, not beavers. So that's a little fun fact for you. Am I a little distracted? Yes. Is that exactly how the show is? Yes. What have we covered today to LeVar Burton it up again? Because clearly I'm running out of words here. and <laughs> I got I to gotta get out of here before I destroy everything. I have talked to you about how everything you think is in the future is created from your fears of the past. So you're just thinking of the past and it's a past that doesn't even exist. So there's no point in protecting the future. If you want to do something with the future, it is to wish for your better good. And you can have a direction that you believe is your purpose, but don't look for specificity because you don't know how to have the future happen because it hasn't happened yet. And that is not how we are set up. And then what's the second thing? The second thing is there are two ways to look at your life and you're going to move between those places. Both of them are true. The one that is positive feels better and is probably closer to the truth than your fears because that's just the way that is. So those are your lessons for today. Uh, Please uh, enjoy them. And if you've enjoyed this episode of Psychotherapy, please leave a written, well, what do you call those? Review. Because we have too few of those. And I'm really trying to get a lot of people to listen right now because it's the holidays and I talk to a lot of people on set who are sad. So I try and encourage them to uh, listen to a show so that they don't feel alone. You know? As much as I like joking, you know I have no ulterior motive on this. Anyway... So I'm out of those good old-fashioned words, and this has been Jet Dunlap for Psychotherapy. I will talk to you next time.